Passionate, driven, enthusiastic, euphoric. This is who we are as entrepreneurs. But how we leverage these incredible attributes to dream and build businesses that scale and grow is what this podcast is all about. Hello, I'm attorneypreneur Josh Brown, and welcome to Franchise Euphoria. Are you ready to starve the doubts and learn how successful entrepreneurs and high achievers overcome self-doubt? I know I am, and I'm thrilled to have the one, the only, Mr. Jared Easley on the show today to discuss this and much, much more. Hello, Jared, and welcome. Josh Brown, I feel euphoric just being on this call with you. Thank you. I love that. So listen, before we dive in, I just want to say something that I have really thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you over the last year or so. We recently met at Podcast Movement, which you and a few others founded, and really was an amazing event. And I've always been really impressed by your transparency and your good-natured way of doing things. And, um, you know, the reality is I've just never, not once, felt like you were trying to gain something from me or from anyone else you've ever encountered that I've seen. And to me, i got to tell you, in this online world that I know you, you sort of live in, that's really refreshing. So thank you, my friend. Well, Josh, I was just about to ask you to buy my $60,000 program, so now I feel embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. That's awesome, man. Well, I wanted, I wanted to have you on the show for a few reasons. First of all, I just like chatting with you. And second, collaboration is key for all entrepreneurs. And on this podcast, we obviously are talking with People who are getting things started and hoping one day to grow into something a little bit bigger, or perhaps people who are looking to buy a franchise or looking to turn their already existing business into a franchise, and they can't do any of those things without collaboration. But first, before we get into that, I just want to talk for a minute or two about your podcast because I really love your podcast. I'm sure a lot of my listeners have heard it, but it's called Starve the Doubts. And you conduct really interesting interviews with really interesting people. And i just like to know, how did you decide that you wanted to do the podcast the way in which you do it? Because I think it's really refreshing and different. I think uh, ignorance is bliss, <laughs> Josh. So <laughs> there, there are times when your listeners are going to need to make a decision and, and get in the game. And, and no one wins unless you get in the game. So you can sit on the sideline, but you're not going to um, accomplish that goal or, or make that move that you want to make unless you try something. And so I know in franchising, uh, that can be a challenge. You want to be prudent. You want to uh, make sure the numbers make sense and things line up. I totally get that. But at some point you have to say, hey, even though I don't know for sure if everything's going to align perfectly, I need to take a little bit of risk. I need to take this chance because I have enough prudence and I have enough good advice from smart people. Uh, that this is a calculated risk, but it's a smart risk. And so for podcasting, um, I knew it was smart to get into the game and do a podcast. I knew it was wise to have conversations with good people like yourself and, and learn from, uh, you know, just people who are making moves and doing big things. And that was enough to get me going. I didn't have to be the expert. I could be the reporter, as they say, where uh, you just learn from others. And so that was enough to get me started. Uh, I figured, okay, I, I deal with some self-doubt. There's got to be other people that struggle with that. It, I had people tell me, Josh, hey, I don't know if that topic's uh, 
you know, probably going to be the, the one thing that, that you end up doing for a long period of time. You know, there, there were people that that was their nice way of saying they didn't think it was a good idea. <laughs> but I, I decided, hey, let's let's get in the game. Let's try it. And now we've done, you know, almost 150 episodes. It's been over a year and a half and connected with just so many really amazing people. And yeah, no, no looking back, man. It's been a great experience. Well, have you ever done anything great or worthwhile without having people who doubt you? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I run into that constantly, and and it's uh, it's frustrating. I mean, I, I had to make a difficult decision just this weekend to um, to disconnect with someone, to actually unfriend and unfollow somebody. Really? And yeah, yeah, that's that's something I don't like doing, Josh. Like, I I really don't like doing that. But there are times when there are voices and people in your life that uh, they're not contributing or they're not uh, they don't see it, they don't get it, and uh, there, there are situations when you have to limit uh, how much time they they get to speak with you or how much uh, access they have to you. And, and I had to make that difficult decision. It was a tough one. So that's another encouragement to your uh, listeners is for the people that are haters or the people that are um, not supporting you, you know, you need to be prudent with how much time and, and how much of a voice they have in your life because uh, you need to surround yourself with people who are, are going to encourage you, who are going to inspire you. And uh, I know that's not always possible. There's, you know, those family members and there's different people in your life that, that uh, are there for a reason. But uh, at the same time, you need to uh, monitor how much time they're getting uh, and definitely try to surround yourself with people who inspire you and, and help you to think bigger. Well, I thought about I mean, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, first of all, for for people in the audience who are maybe struggling with the decision of, you know, maybe they want to leave the corporate job that they've been at, that they feel, or maybe somebody, people in their family feel it's been stable for them, but they've had this burning desire uh, to go do something different. I think that, that that will resonate very well with them. I know for, I know for me, you know, it was funny when, and I don't think I've shared this very much, uh, actually. Um, when I first decided to launch my own law practice, I mean, I had been thinking about it for years, right? And uh, my wife was finally like, well, you just go do it. <laughs> yep. I, I can't I can't stand hearing about it anymore. Um, but, you know, I was doing fine in the legal practice. I was doing well in the firm I was at. And I remember specifically telling somebody uh, who I'm close to, I said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I was so excited about it. And their immediate first response was, um, when are you going to figure out what you want to do when you grow up? <laughs> and, <Yep. laughs> and I was like, Really? Really, and, and and the truth is, you know, I really haven't felt anywhere as near as alive as I felt over the last couple of years of doing my own thing than I did prior to that. So that's sort of, you know, was the premise of the question is I've never really felt like I've done anything that's felt like it's taken some guts to do without having doubters around. Oh yeah, totally. It's going to happen, and if you're if you're doing anything that's important, that's valuable, there's going to be critics and. You know that's part of the game, but that that that's also a a healthy sign that you're um, you're making moves that you are having an impact. Because if you're not having an impact, no one notices. Yeah, and if you're just if you're just making moves that everybody agree with agrees with, you're probably almost playing it too safe. Unless that's what feels comfortable for you. I mean, I think it all starts with what resonates with you personally, and how and how you want to live your life or where you want <laughs> to take your life, right? 
totally. No one's perfect. My wife loves me with all her heart, but man, she'll she'll tell me multiple times throughout the day when I'm wrong. <laughs> so, you know, but she loves me. She's looking out for me, and I know that. So. Well, let me ask you this. You said you so you recently had to defriend someone. Now, was this somebody um, who was a good friend of yours, or somebody who you had met online? And the reason I'm asking is not to pry, but I'm I've been thinking about this a lot. And you know, you have ex- an expanding network of people. And I have an, a, a growing network of people, you know, through the podcast and all of us who are doing this thing online. I mean, we make a lot of connections that are connections by clicks of buttons. But oftentimes those don't, don't, those don't turn into real connections. And I'm wondering if you've had to defriend others that have come along the way where you sort of thought, yeah, I'm not liking that vibe. I don't really, you know, like where this is going. Yeah, I, I really try not to defriend somebody because I, I just really know how that feels. And I I understand, you know, that that's not, that's kind of a last case scenario for me. This is an influential person that I have a personal relationship with. And this person, uh, for whatever reason, right or wrong, over the last several months has manipulated our connection to their advantage on numerous occasions. And I've played nice i've swept it under the rug and uh, a couple things happened recently where i just realized i can be be polite to this person i can be professional with this person but that doesn't mean we have to be buddies online and uh, that was a freeing moment for me josh because i've always been the nice guy i've always been the hey let's be friends but there are times when you have to take a stand and you're not going to be the whipping boy and so i hope that's an encouragement to the listeners um, when you need to take a stand, take a stand, be, be professional, be, be generous, be gracious, be polite, but also take a stand, you know, don't let people walk all over you just because they want to manipulate things to their advantage or, or they think they're higher up than you and they can do whatever they want. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, you know, as they say, if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing and you can be the nicest person in the world, but you still have boundaries and people need to People need to respect that. So th- that's great, totally. Jared. I love hear. I I love hearing that. I mean, it's kind of a. Some people might take that as a as a negative thing, right? I mean, I think it's so great because there is power in getting your circle further defined, right? In 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 being able to say, "This is my tribe. This is my community. These are the people I hang with." And yeah, it's great to know some of these other people, but this is truly my community. So I think that's fantastic, man. Yeah, you know, Josh, there's a lot of uh, great folks out there that are, are influencers, and um, I think a lot of new business owners, and hopefully, you know, your listeners aren't running into this problem, but there are a lot of entrepreneurs and, and uh, solopreneurs, if you will, that get started and they kind of look at what the big boys are doing. They see certain people that are influential, and they they start to kind of mo- mimic what they do. And I get that. There's a lot of wisdom in that on some level because uh, success leaves clues. But a big problem is uh, people spend a lot of time and focus and resources kind of chasing after some of these influencers when they could be and should be growing their business. And I think that's a message that that, uh, I'm going to really start trying to encourage people to consider is stop chasing influential people and start working on your business. Start becoming an influencer yourself. Yeah, I love that because... You know, you want to take you want to take the nuggets from other people, right? I mean, you want to learn from other people. That's you know, that's all what mentoring is all about. But you right. never want to copy somebody because you're not them, right? I mean, if I take it to the, I mean, if you look at any business that's been successful, people have always taken bits and pieces from what other people have done, but they've done it with their own flavor. 
and through their own lens. And I think that's the big distinction. Absolutely, Josh. But dude, one thing that I'll say about you, man, is I have met you in person. I have connected with you several times online. We've had phone conversations. We're friends now. And dude, you're a generous guy. You absolutely get it. You are looking out for other people's best interests. You're a businessman, so you're, you're being wise and practical. But at the same time, you're, um, you're looking out for your people, man. And, and that's going to serve you well in the long term. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. And I really want to talk for, I know you've spent, you've probably done, I don't even know how many podcast episodes on your awesome book, Podcasting Good to Great, How to Grow Your Audience Through Collaboration, which I believe, didn't that hit number one in Amazon? It hit, it hit number one in three categories, which is completely humbling. So anybody out there that's thinking about writing a self-published book, if you can solve a problem and you can write something where the reader's saying, me too, um, you should do that <laughs> because there's some really cool opportunities with uh, self-publishing. Well, and this next question ties into something that we've kind of been touching on, but uh, uh, but from a little bit of a different perspective, and that is, you know, in your in the book, you you speak about the power of collaboration and leveraging relationships, and I really love this topic because it's something that that we all should be doing as as business people, uh, but yet it can be difficult to do it in an authentic way, and I think you do that so well. I mean. When did you first realize, though, the, the power of collaboration? Um, well, it was back when I fir first started my podcast. I was under the impression that you start a podcast, Josh, because it's a it's considered a smaller haystack than blogging or video. You know, less I guess less people are in podcasting, if, and so there's an easier opportunity to stand out. But just because you're starting a podcast doesn't mean masses of people that are here are going to just come and start listening to the show. And there are some few exceptions that have that opportunity and enjoy that success, but that's not true for everyone else. So when I started my show, I just assumed, hey, if I interview some of these key people, some of these uh, successful folks, that that's just immediately going to produce an audience. And that wasn't true. And that was so discouraging. I almost quit, Josh. And um, one key aha moment was I, I got a a message, I think it was on Twitter or Facebook, and someone had actually listened to an episode and they were complimenting me. And I realized right then, like, hey, I, that just made my day. That completely encouraged me, just somebody simply saying thank you. Now, what if I did that for other people? You know, what if I did that for people that um, are working hard, that are, are doing a good job, uh, people that uh, I would like to listen to my show, uh, people that I would like to be friends with, that I would like to be connected to? And and I started testing that, Josh. I, I made a list of five people, and, and just once a week I would go and check on what they were doing. If they had a blog or a podcast, I would try to share that, and I would try to tag them on Twitter. If they didn't have a blog or a podcast, I would try to comment on their social media. Most people are on Facebook. and uh, I mean, think about that. You post something on Facebook, and somebody comments and likes it. You know, you appreciate that, right? It's, it's sure. what, I, what I call you're being noticed. So you're, you're, uh, if you're wanting to get your business noticed or you're wanting to get noticed – online, you need to start by noticing other people, be the noticer. And I talk about that in the book. You, you, when you do that, uh, and you do that consistently, and it's always you know, with authenticity and um, you know, you're being generous, you're, you're not just trying to, like you said earlier, you're not trying to one-up somebody or trying to get them to uh, manipulate it, them into buying something or whatever, but, but you're just trying to connect with your target buyer or your target listener or whatever it is. 
you generously connect with them and over time that creates a rapport and if you have a rapport with that person eventually with through the consistency of, of being generous and noticing them they start to reciprocate that and I've tried I've tested this for months it absolutely works um, so a good example is um, you are hooking up that person who's considering being a franchise owner and eventually they're like man Josh Brown is awesome and what happens when you have several people saying Josh Brown is awesome more people are interested in what you're up to Josh when you got multiple people saying hey check out Josh Brown now if you're just yourself saying hey I'm Josh Brown look at me look at me less people are gonna notice that less people are gonna care but when you got multiple people saying it that's when people notice but how do you get to that point it starts with you noticing them consistently being generous and then that reciprocity kicks in and then you build an army man And when you have an army everybody notices you yeah, sure. And you, and you talk about rapport and reciprocity in your book and, and do a great job in, in going into that. And I guess in, you know, in part, people could look at that as a strategy, but really it's, it is in part, but it's just you. I mean, just like with me, it's just me. I mean, I love doing, I love doing this podcast um, to really just help people with information. I, I really, you know, sure it furthers and helps my, my legal practice, but I'm, and I don't have a huge audience, Jared. I mean, I think it's 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 the top ranked franchise podcast in iTunes, but there's only like three or four others. <laughs> so right. the, that's the thing that's so cool is like I don't even have a huge audience, but I get emails from people. And this goes back to your point where you said you almost quit at one point. You know, you can f- kind of feel like you're alone speaking into a microphone unless you're interviewing somebody, right? But if you're just if you're just doing it. Um, it can sometimes feel lonely. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who, just like you, start out their podcast um, thinking that they're going to try to reach the masses. Perhaps like, you know, starting out a business, you think you're going to reach the masses. But what you realize, I think, for the people who are in the game the long time, and what you've obviously realized is it's not about that, right? It's about that one-to-one connection. I mean, it feels so great to get an email from somebody that says, hey, I listened to your show. I really learned a lot. I was thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts, right? I mean, that makes all the difference in the world. And yet the way you build on that is through rapport, through reciprocity, through throwing your, putting yourself in the game, putting yourself out there, and not necessarily knowing what the end game is going to be, but just knowing that you're going down or going in a certain direction and, um, and things will ideally work out. So I think there's a lot of things that align with, with, with that and with people who are looking to get into business or start business um, or really sort of follow, follow their own path. It's a lot of the same kinds of things. Absolutely. And Josh, I, I love what you said earlier. You're like, hey, I may not have this large audience you know, compared to like someone like Adam Carolla or Oprah Winfrey or <laughs> uh, McDonald's. I mean, you don't have this large, uh, you know, target customer or whatever. But that said, you have such an advantage because now you can build those genuine relationships. And I don't like the word follower. People are like, oh, I've got this many Twitter followers. And I, I get that. But I, I like friends. And so I try to treat everybody like friends. And I know when you have a massive uh, audience or a massive uh, customer base, you n- can't necessarily treat everybody like friends at times. But I try to treat people the way they want to be treated and develop relationships with people. Because at the end of the day, they're not numbers. They are people. They are people that will support you when you do that product launch or you know when you're in business um, if you treat them well they will want to work with you they like to do business with people that they like and they trust and that they know and um, 
I, I just found treat people like friends. Uh, don't don't treat them like a number. Don't treat them like a follower, and, and you get farther and faster. Yeah, it's the same uh, true principles that have been around forever, right? I mean, you know, I I talk to a lot of people, and I know you talk to a lot of people, and especially when people are going, "Hey, Josh, what is what, what's up with the podcast, or what are you doing, you know, online and stuff?" And I go, "I'm doing the same thing that I'm doing offline. I'm building relationships." <laughs> so that, you know, people can know, like, and trust me, and I can get to know other people. It's just amazing how you can build a network online where I tell some people I probably talk to, you know, people like yourself, Jared, and others more than I talk to some of my friends who are here in town, uh, which just goes to the point of, you know, the whole online-offline collaboration um, is really kind of merging into one, and, and, I, and I find myself really trying to talk to people about that um, and, and sometimes explain it a little bit. I'm curious how you would explain that because you are you do a lot of things online. I know you do, obviously, things offline. I mean, you put together Podcast Movement, which is an incredible um, networking event. But I'd love for you to take a minute and just talk about that nuance of how the online can really work well with the offline as well. Um, give me an example, Josh. So basically what I think is when you are doing things online, like you're connecting with all sorts of different people, right? It's not to replace, it's not to replace the one-to-one, it's not to replace meeting somebody. I think that's what a lot of people think when they think about, or maybe they're not as well-versed or or just used to doing stuff online, is they go, no, I don't want to go online. I like meeting people. Right. And I go, well, that's the point. Right. I mean, you want to go online so that you can eventually meet somebody. I mean, I so look forward to the events or the conferences or the meetups that I go to. But I would have never had those opportunities if I didn't meet these great people online. And so that's just from a perspective of building a relationship. But I think it can also have tangible benefits um, for business owners, for entrepreneurs. I think it ties in to your whole theme of collaboration. And how you're not just necessarily collaborating with people who are who you can identify as maybe if you know you've got a you've got a restaurant and you know you you know you've got to collaborate with other people to make your restaurant go. I think you've got to collaborate with an entire community, and that's going to sort of form a funnel and 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 benefit you for the long term. Oh man, and and you and I first met online, and we that translated into uh, friendship through social media and then that turned into eventually turned into a phone call turned into several phone calls next thing you know we met in person in Dallas by the time we met in Dallas we felt like we were friends we felt like we'd known each other for a while and it was just like old, you know good old, like the good old days or something i mean it was it was a natural uh, connection I know. We walked up. I gave you a big hug like I knew you. Yeah, it was. was, Well, we we basically did know each other, and I I thought that was so powerful. So, yeah, I mean, that's such a big opportunity to uh, uh, connect online and and make your core message for your product, for your service, for your business about your target person. And when possible, as much as possible, interact with those people because eventually you are going to see them if you haven't already. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's just true connection again. That that's that raving fan that you want that's going to uh, not just uh, buy your product and service, but also talk about you. Yeah. So the big takeaway in that uh, for me is anybody out there who thinks that online doesn't connect with offline, just try it. Get out there, start meeting some people, and you will be amazed at the type of 
uh, friendships that you can make with people online that transfers right over to offline relationships. So yeah, that, that could be started with like Facebook groups. There's so many good Facebook groups in your target uh, market or in your niche. You can go on Facebook and just kind of search some of those groups. Um, what are some other ways that you, you suggest, Josh? Well, for me, um, you know, I like listening to it. I mean, I'll listen to other people's podcasts, right? I mean, because right. I have a podcast. So I'll listen and then I'll just shoot off an email to somebody. Yep. Or, you know, I mean, there's any way that you're comfortable, right? I mean, I just feel like we're in such a, the worst thing somebody can say is no. Or the worst thing that, or, you know, sometimes I've had this where you reach out to somebody and you think because of their persona that they're going to be one way and they're not. And I just sort of lose interest. Um, real quick, but I, I, have, I always approach it from I'm looking for the genuine kind of relationship. And I think if you approach it that way, boy, there's a whole lot of really good people out there. Absolutely. Well, listen, we are going to do something here that I've never done on my show, Jared. You have inspired me with your unique uh, interview style and the unique nature of your show. So we're going to do something here that we've never done to kind of finish off the show. And I'm going to turn the tide on you a little bit. And I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I don't want you to go into deep thought on them. I kind of just want to know what the first thing that pops in your mind is. Does that sound good? Let's do it. All right. What's the most important business or other discovery that you have made in the last year? Discovery is absolutely collaborating with people. Like you, you raise your, increase your visibility and you increase your likelihood of success when you're working uh, with other people. So when it makes sense, go ahead and do that. What is one word you would use to describe yourself as a child? <laughs> one word to describe myself as a child. Talkative. <laughs> Fill in the blank. If you really knew me, you'd know that I love Mexican food. What characteristic do you most admire in others? Uh, loyalty. And finally, what one memory do you most treasure? Wow. Hey, Just we got to end with a bang here, Jared. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Uh, my first response was hanging out with Josh Brown at Podcast Movement, but if I had to pick a second... <laughs> Because that's clearly number one. Uh, if I had to pick a second, it would probably be, um, man, there's so many good memories. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, getting married, having my daughter, and then podcast movement. Those are three of the biggest moments of my life that I'll never forget. Yeah, it's kind of unfair to ask for one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, listen, buddy, thank you so much. I mean, you've, just been, you've obviously been a great guest, but most importantly, you, you're just a great guy. And um, I look forward to getting to know you more and more. And, um, but before we take off, uh, how can people get a hold of you, um, find your book and anything else you kind of want to finish off, off the episode uh, and leave with people? Well, they, the first place is Indie Franchise Law. They should be going there first. And then if they, if they want to go to a second place, there's a website called Starve, like I'm hungry, starvethedoubts.com. Uh, so go ahead and, and keep hitting play on this podcast. And, <laughs> and if you had room for an additional podcast, then you could check out Starve the Doubts. But I do encourage people to keep hitting play on this podcast because as long as you're doing that, that's going to give you more insight. It's going to give you more wisdom on, on the right steps to take. You're going to have new ideas that you wouldn't have otherwise. So keep hitting play. That's my final thought. Thank you, sir. 
you've been a true champ. I appreciate it. And uh, we will certainly talk soon. <laughs> Josh, you're the man. Thank you, sir. Thanks for being with us today on the Franchise Euphoria podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go to iTunes and provide a review. Also, please remember that although Josh Brown is a licensed and practicing attorney, nothing contained in this podcast should be construed as legal advice, because it is not. The information contained in this podcast is general and educational in nature, and none of it should be relied upon as legal advice. That being said, if you have questions for Josh and would like to contact him, please email him at josh at franchiseuphoria.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you tune in to our next weekly episode.